one ticket for And Why Not, please. first and why not christmas special uh, on this episode i was joined by john tucker and tom stewart to discuss a true christmas classic will it turn into a movie fight or will there be peace amongst men as we talk about the muppet christmas carol i guess we'll have to roll the trailer and find out ah humbug he was the greediest man alive it's ebenezer scrooge until the night he met someone extraordinary hello the Muppet Christmas Carol. I'll drink to Mr. Scrooge. Even though he is odious, stingy, and badly dressed. Humbug. Oh, there goes Mr. Humbug. There goes Mr. Grin. Do you think it's safe for us to be up here? It's a game of prize for being me. The winner would be him. Yes, Mr. Cratchit. If you please, Mr. Scrooge. The bookkeeping staff would like to have an extra shovel full of coal for the fire. Mm-hmm. How would the bookkeepers like to be suddenly unemployed? It's Charles Dickens' classic tale. As only the Muppets can tell it. It's good to be heckling again. It's good to be doing anything again. Filled with holiday warmth. Hey, 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 like the lamp, not the rat, like the lamp, not the rat. And Christmas spirit. Jacob Marley. Scary stuff. Should we be worried about the kids in the audience? No, it's all right. This is culture. This is the movie to see, to share, to cherish with someone you love. Thank you for making me a part of this. Walt Disney Pictures presents, from Jim Henson Productions, The Muppet Christmas Carol. God bless us, everyone. Whatever. Good evening, gents. How are you? Very well, thank you. How are you? Uh, all good, thank you. Tom, yourself? Yeah, not bad, man. Not bad at all. Surviving the storms and everything? Did you get hit by it? Or? Uh, yeah, I've been out in both whilst walking dogs, so that's been fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yep, not absolutely. Awful, awful posty weather, is it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, absolutely frozen solid with the first one. Um, so much so that I had to cut the walk short because literally they all looked at me as if to say, are you fucked? Man, and in the second one, they were all having a whale of a time. That one was all right. I'd, I'd prepped by that point, you know, had the long johns on, had the waterproofs on, it was ready to go. The first one, I was just a tit. <laughs> <laughs> and John, yourself, how's the uh, Hollywood lifestyle treating you? Uh, uh, you know, it's uh, it, no, it's grand, thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big time player these days. Um, Christmas with the Gloonies. Um, George and Amal, as I call them, yeah, good friends of mine. Um, George and Marley, eh? Uh, no, um, yeah, no, uh, very well, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> going I've well. Been, I, I've been hearing everybody saying this, like he's he's hit the big time. He said, I'm I'm saying he's peaked. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> no wrong Been hearing this. I've got to keep you keep you fucking down to earth, mate. This is it. <laughs> 
Tom's working on an overnight type documentary. You know that one about the guy that was did um, Boondock Saints who went fucking oh, nuts yeah. for a oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what Tom's working on at the moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gonna end with John strangling himself. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, we're not here to talk Boondock Saints or or even Bold, although we should do an episode on Bold. (laughs) I don't know if either of you have seen it. It's quite a nice little short film. I skimmed it. (laughs) (laughs) Never heard of it. (laughs) Oh, that should be on the poster. (laughs) I skimmed it. John Tucker. (laughs) But yeah, um, no, we've gone all Christmassy this time. Um, After our plan A failed due to poor planning on my part. We've gone with plan B, because they're popular at the moment. A? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had, we had grand plans, but I realised that the editing involved in a, the busiest time of year for me wasn't a good idea. So okay. We'll have to plan that better for next year. Yeah. But yeah, so we, we, we settled on uh, the Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, so little bit of blurb information uh released in 1992 written by uh jerry joel based on the christmas carol by charles dickens and directed by brian henson uh starring michael Caine as ebenezer scrooge come at the frog as bob cratchit miss piggy as mrs cratchit uh the great gonzo as charles dickens fozzy bear as foswig uh, foswig sorry and rizzo the rat as the co-narrator uh released in cinemas on the 11th of december 1992 in the us and the 18th of december 92 over here so we didn't have to wait that long for it uh, gross thirty two million five hundred seventy four three hundred eighty two thousand uh, worldwide on estimated budget of twelve million. Uh, Roger Ebert gave the film three stars out of four. Uh, was generally positive, but said it could have done with a few more songs uh, than it has. And the merrymaking at the end uh, might have uh, been carried on a little longer, just to offset the gloom of most of Scrooge's tour through his life spent spread in misery. What? I disagree yeah. with that. Yeah, disagree with that big time. Yeah, I mean. There's not many versions of A Christmas Carol that have got an extra, like, Lord of the Rings-style ending. <laughs> well, say, like, Jolly you, Scrooge. You don't need, you know... Uh, you, you get it at the end, right? Is uh, He's he's yeah. changed. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. What did, what, did, what did they want? Like you say, is it meant to be like Lord of the Rings? It fades out and it fades up to him, you know, oh, this is the spring version of Ebenezer Scrooge, and he's still going. This is five years <laughs> on, you know, like, fuck off. Bringing, oh, him, bringing in a massive Easter egg, and I was like, "Yeah, we get it. Yeah, you're nice now. <laughs> nice kind song, like, and, you know. Yeah. When they do those follow-up episodes of Undercover Boss or something like that, it's like, yeah, yeah it turned out he went back to being a dick again after the episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just starts with, you know, fade, fade out, fade up of a, a gravestone of Bob Cratchit. <laughs> <laughs> Just him standing over brushing his hands going, and that's the end of that. <laughs> Two months after filming, Ebenezer Scrooge shut the business down and <laughs> retired to a yacht. <laughs> Bought a spaceship, you know. He's quoted as saying, fuck these Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> all, all right, then. So um, let's sort of go back to the end. What's your first memories of seeing Muppets Christmas Carol? Was it a cinema job or... VHS, DVD, caught it on telly. Go on, John. Oh, it's alive. Um, God, I don't remember. I genuinely don't remember first. I I remember seeing it a lot when I was a kid. 
I do remember seeing it a lot. I think it might have been. I think I was possibly might have been a, a touch too young seeing it because I was ninety two, so I would have been five then. I think so. Possibly a touch too young to see it in the cinema. Um, I th- I'm sure I. Yeah, it was probably a VH, probably a taped off Channel Four job. I think. Mm. That's what. Well, That's yeah, all- I, don't, I can't remember, but I've seen it. But yeah, I must have seen it dozens of times when I was a kid. But I, yeah, I think I think it was a taped off the telly job. Yeah. Hmm. What about you, Tom? Same or? Well, if you can hear this, that is the sound <laughs> of my original VHS. <laughs> that is the VHS I've had since I was a kid. Um, I think it, it must have been because it was the Muppets. I liked the Muppets when they were on the telly. Um, I just liked seeing them. But I, I was really young as well, so I would have just reacted at the fact that it was the Muppets. And I'm assuming my mum and dad would have just bought it because it yeah. was Muppet Christmas Carol. But then it ended up being like the film that just got played on end. Like, I mean, throughout the whole year. I mean, I would take it into primary school with me and everything. <clears throat> this, <laughs> the, this is actually the VHS that got played in the school. Um, but it's, you know, that that's the earliest I can remember is sitting in the house or sitting in school watching it. I can't, for the life of me, can't remember if I would have seen it in the cinema. I think it would have been too young. Would have yeah. been way too young, and it's it's actually got on the VHS nineteen ninety three um, copyright. Um, so I don't know if that's a case that it was actually out on VHS here in ninety three as opposed to being yeah, released. Because I, I mean, it was a lot later. Yeah. Well, yeah, they wouldn't have released that until the following Christmas, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it used to take the best part of a year for VHSs to come out, and I think with a couple of exceptions. Mm-hmm. There was generally quite a long delay because you had the whole window for video rental as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, but, yeah, um, well, yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. God, See, I was to, about. It used to fucking suck, didn't it? Yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> the old days were shit, weren't they, boys? Yeah. It's when you th- it's when you think about that as well, though. Like everybody going for the same film, and then just all of a sudden going, "Oh no, so we're all out. Come back tomorrow." And somebody yeah. may return it or may just just not bother and just not yeah. come back. And then that's gone. (laughs) But that's Uh, how you discovered those weird shit movies on the lower shelves that you've never seen ever again since. Because it's like, you went for the Muppets, you left with like, you know, Mac and me or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I think I was 13 when it came out of the cinema. I vaguely remember it coming out of the cinema, but I had no fucking interest in it. Because I was at that weird age where Muppets just did nothing for me. Obviously, you know, I've grown into realising that that kid was a dick. <laughs> I, I was all about, like, Batman Returns and that shit in 92. So, But, um, but yeah, I think my brother might have got it on video the following year. So I think we watched it then, and I did enjoy it. But, again, I was kind of like, you know, kid shit. <laughs> says, the, says the guy who was reading comic books and watching cartoons. And <laughs> yeah, see, I thought, um, you would have, I thought you would have still been into it. Like we're being into all that kind of stuff around that age. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like I say, I think, I think because it was a musical as well. Because right. you know, the nineties was a very different time for liking musicals. Yeah, because it's never <laughs> they, they weren't as accepting as they are now. <laughs> it's never it's never ever waned to me at all. But then it might just be like that because you were older and because you didn't get it like right then and there you know what i mean it's yeah. maybe just it's not been as good but it's never waned with me at all i've always been and even the muppets really oh, i love always... the muppets i've often related like you know 
the shit I do to being a little bit like the Muppets and you know mm. I'm not necessarily good at what I do but I try to put on a good thing a thing that people might enjoy and that's generally what the Muppets <laughs> are that's generally what I equate my like, whole business ethos to is I'm not very good at it but you know hopefully somebody enjoys it <laughs> but um yeah I don't like I say I love the Muppets now and I remember watching the Muppet show when I was a kid but I just sort of like was in that weird in-between age where you reject certain things and being mm. more towards others i again quite an obsessive kind of person so if i was into something else i wasn't distracted by muppets i like but um it's one of those films i think because i don't have a childhood connection with it it's not one i go to every christmas but every time uh, i do right. watch it i thoroughly enjoy it so what what would be a so uh, so if you were 13 when that came out so it would have been like the mid 80s christmas films for you yeah, it was generally stuff like my dad watched. So um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is a big one for me. Um, say Batman Returns purely because I, I love what? it as a Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> but I fucking Batman love Batman Returns. Still love Batman Returns. Let's not fucking license to kill Batman I'm Returns, right? I'm going to go with Batman Returns, but you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't personally regard it as like a... I don't regard it as a Christmas film, but having said that, like I, f- for me, like one of our big Christmas films is um, uh, Groundhog Day because um, we all got really sick one Christmas, and much as we said earlier, that was all Blockbuster had that year, so we must <laughs> we ended up just watching it over and over and over again because we were all just laid up in the house, really hardly move. So that of oh, that by just sheer force became a Christmas film. So no, I, I do get it. Batman Returns became one of those accidental sort of Christmas traditions to me. I started watching it on Christmas yeah. Eve and I've done it every year since. <laughs> I think because I remember the year after it came out, they showed it. Remember at senior school when they let you watch a video on the last day before Christmas because they couldn't be fucked to do anything else. Yep. Yeah. And that somebody had brought in Batman Returns. So we watched that and I've just got fond memories of that. So I think it's that weird tapping into the nostalgia thing as much as enjoying the film. Yeah, we had that when I when I when I was in comp. You know what film we watched on Christmas Eve? I think it was the year after it came out. Some somebody brought in the dad's DVD of Training Day. <laughs> <laughs> we watched the whole fucking thing. Oh my god! So the year after that, we had the Bodyguard, which yeah. was never going to fit into a two lesson period. So for years, I didn't know how the Bodyguard ended. <laughs> or particularly gave a shit, but. <laughs> Because it was one of those films, I wonder how it ended, but I can't be asked to sit through it all again. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it's fine. I've not watched it in a long time. But, mm. but yeah, but anyway, that's got nothing to do with Muppets. <laughs> I was so, going to try and tie it up there, but there's just nothing. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing. <laughs> Kevin, no. <laughs> Prove it. 
all right. Um, there's a little mole on my thumb and uh, a scar on my wrist from when I fell off no, my bike. No, 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 no. Don't tell us your hand. Tell us the story. Oh, oh, thank you. Yes. <clears throat> the Marleys were dead to begin with. Oh, well, pardon me? That's how the story begins, Rizzo. The Marleys were dead to begin with. Oh. As dead as a doornail. It's a good beginning. It's creepy and kind of spooky. Oh, thank you, Rizzo. You're welcome, Mr. Dickens. In life, the Marleys had been business partners with a shrewd moneylender named Ebenezer Scrooge. You will meet him as he comes around that corner. Where? There. When? Now. Yeah, so, all right, and a couple of quick questions on it. Is this the best version of a Christmas Carol on film? I think cool. so. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I think it probably is. I mm-hmm. think it probably is the best. Yeah, the best film version of it. Yeah. I find the other ones so boring. Yeah. Uh, they 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 do have a. I think the the problem with the Christmas the problem with the Christmas Carol is right because like you know Charles Dickens wrote all these like you know like a Christmas in terms of like Charles Dickens's other work a Christmas Carol is like almost like an anomaly because all of his other works were like these multi-part novels that were serialized mm. and they had all these like ambiguous characters in them like um like great expectations and stuff like that like um a christmas carol is one of the only ones that has like a really you know clear-cut goodies and baddies and a clear moral and you know like the rest of his books weren't really like that so it's, it's very suitable to adaptation which i think is why it's the most adapted um but yeah a lot of them just I, I think i think the muppet element of it really did it, it, it I, i'm hard pressed to think of another way to do it other than the way the muppets did it to make it true to the source material but also um to have it appeal to children do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. i think the genius of this film is that it played it straight very much michael kane in particular played it as if he was well i mean he's even said that he, he played it as if he was working with the royal shakespeare, shakespeare company yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but even the muppets themselves play it i mean obviously there's comedy because it's muppets but they play it as a straight adaptation yeah, so yeah I think the, really the problem with other versions is that they're either so po-faced and true to the text that they just feel either a bit tv-ish and not in a good way or a bit just yeah like you, tom said boring yeah, it's 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 it is honestly like it's a theater production that's been put in a film. Yeah, and yes. I, I just yeah. that kind of that kind of shit just it just doesn't play well at all. You just sit going, God, this is going on. It's going on forever. The guys are taking it so seriously to the point that it's just like, oh God, there's not a lit up at all. Now, even yeah. when there's a big party scenes and stuff, it's just like, oh Christ. <laughs> Um, I've watched a lot of different versions of it as well. I think even the even the Disney version they did with Mickey Mouse, it's yeah. it's actually it's actually dire, yeah, it's really dire. And it's like, how can this be dire? How can the Muppets be the only ones that have cracked this? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, and they've got some crackers playing um, Ebenezer Scrooge as well. I mean, you had Alistair Sim, yeah, uh, you had Patrick Stewart, yeah, um. I mean, Kelsey Grammer. And, and, uh, oh, really? God. George um, Scott, did he do it? Oh, I think it was uh, George C. Scott did it. Yeah. Yeah, that's ringing a bell. Yeah, yeah. His um, version was okay. Albert Finney did it as well, didn't he? Yes. Is anybody, or am I making that yeah, up? Yeah. yeah. No, Albert Finney did do it, yeah. Has anybody watched that horrible Jim Carrey one? I've seen bits of it and been kind of like, I, no. Is it no. a Jim Carrey one? Yeah. yeah. It's um, done like Polar Express where it's. 
the motion that, capture. Oh, right. Uncanny, Uncanny I was, Valley. I was thinking of this, but all I could see in my head was the poster for Lemony Snicket, and I was wondering if I'd like Mandela effect with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> he does look like his Lemony Snicket character. Yeah, he does. So. No, yeah. I've not seen that one. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird like Uncanny Valley kind of thing to it. It's just, oh, it's odd. And then there's obviously Scrooged as well, in a way. Yeah. Um, mm. But even that, that's terrifying in places. And I just, no. You, you, you've got the other thing of it maybe not playing as well today as it used to or whatever. But See, Scrooged is one of those movies I remember being better than it actually is when I rewatch it. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, I it's just not, in my head, I remembered it being this riotous 80s laugh at a movie, you know, yeah. rolling around on the floor, pissing myself, laughing at Bill Murray kind of movie. And it's just not that. Like I say, it's yeah. fine. I think that's the other problem with adaptions of, if they don't do it straight, they try and do something clever with it yeah. or different with it. And it just doesn't really. Yeah, it totally misses the mark. Gel. I mean, like I say, I think having Muppets in it, playing it straight or, you know, as straight as Muppets play, it was the, the way to go. Yeah. And it, and it was, the thing is, it was, a, it, it, it could very easily have veered off into that sort of like very maudlin territory. Cause this was, like, this was the first film they did after Henson died. Yeah. yeah. You know, and when you think about like what what must have been going through their heads at that time, yeah, it's amazing that it that it wasn't you know it wasn't mawkish. It, you know, all the sort of sad bits were balanced with comedy. It was it was really it was really well done. You know, I wouldn't say it's my favorite Christmas film or whatever, but like you know, it's very very well done and well executed for what it mm. is. You know what I mean? Mm. It's extremely well thought of these days as well. Yeah. It always it, goes up high on that list of like people. It'll either be people's favourites or it's close to. Yeah. See, that was going to be my next question because it wasn't. I think Roger Ebert gave it a thumbs up. Siskel gave it a thumbs down. I'm trying to find various reviews on it from the Times. Quite tricky. Um, but because um, they just don't seem to archive old reviews, kind of thing. But um, well, yeah, like, sort of the, generally got middling reviews at best. I think at the time. Yeah, from the ones like, because I had a little look earlier, and the ones I saw, they were, it was, you know, <clears throat> like at best, they were damning it with faint praise. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. could have used a few more songs, you know, it's a serviceable, uh, you know, it was like the kind of thing you say about, you know, I, I think, I think, and I think maybe an, maybe an element of that was the fact that Jim Henson had just died, so they didn't want to yeah. f- fucking savage it. But like, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get the impression it was critically um, acclaimed at the time. Yeah. No, I mean, it's certainly gone up there, and whether it's people of the age of the people that have now making the lists sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I do think it's had a sort of critical reappraisal that has gone on. But, I mean, obviously, sort of John just touched on it, but would you consider it to be the best Christmas movie or your favourite Christmas movie? It's probably aimed more at Tom with this one. Uh, yeah, it's my favourite. It cracks open the VHS again. Yeah, <laughs> it's my, it my favourite. I mean, am I... <sighs> I mean, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to be extremely biased in this. I mean, I've been watching this film for, what, 28 years now or something like that? I mean, and every Christmas Eve, I watch it. Every Christmas Eve, regardless of what time it is or how tired I'm getting or anything, I will crack this out. And uh, this and, um, uh, oh, what's it called? Father Christmas, the one with Mel Smith. Um, yes. Yeah, I watch, uh, yeah. watch them every single Christmas Eve. Um both on VHS, um, because <laughs> one thing that I need to mention, I always watch it on VHS because there's a scene cut out in the DVD. Uh, it's just the, been recovered. Um, it's just, the, just been when recovered. Love gone, so. When Love is Gone, yeah. But it's not in, it's not up on Disney Plus yet. 
Because no. it was cut out for the cinema as well, wasn't it? Yes. It was, cut it was briefly in the cinema and then they were like, lose that song. So yeah. there's a really jarring cut in the cinema version. It's kind of like that in the DVD. It just, um, it has, it has um, Scrooge and Belle meeting. Uh, they have a big conversation and he tells her, he tells her that he loves her. And she says, you did once. And then it just suddenly cuts to Rizzo and Gonzo crying. And Ebenezer, who wasn't crying a second ago, is like red faced, tears running down his face, like, show me no more. And it's like, when did that oh, happen? You know what? Right. Actually, thinking back on it now, we must have had it on VHS. Because I, I remember when I was watching it through um, with the Albanian hard coded subtitles on it, <laughs> and it and it cut. I remember thinking, I'm sure there was a song here. Yeah. It's, so, it I, is on, so I it must have seen it on an official VHS at some point. Yeah, because I wouldn't have put yeah. that on the Channel Four version, and it, it it ties the film in as well. That's why I don't get why they cut it because at the very say, end of the film. Oh, sorry, go on. To yeah, no, no, carry on. You're going to say what I was going to say about the "When Love Is Found" reprise. Yeah, yeah, it's actually got "When Love Is Found" at the end, and if if you cut that and they're all of a sudden going "When Love Is Found," you're like, oh, it's a nice song and all, but where's this coming from? Yeah, I it mean, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it it's all kind of a bit sense. meh in it at the end. You're like, yeah. yeah, it's a bit of a it's weak just, song to end on. <laughs> it also plays a bit too sappy and a bit too like, oh, okay, when you get to that. Whereas if you've got that um, heart, sort of heartbreaking song in the middle and tying it up at the end, it makes more sense and it makes it less sweet in a way. Um, yeah, but, no, I agree, yeah. Yeah, but loads of, I mean, it is a thing, and a lot of people go on about it quite a lot. I, I ended up subsequently finding that out years later that, that people, it's an active thing that people talk about is the fact that it's only in the VHS, blah, blah, blah. Well, campaign, you know, get on fucking change.org or whatever. Um, signatures to Brian Henson to bring it back. It's like, oh, that's, that's a proper use of change.org. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, it's, it's the, the, the only I, I campaigns on change.org that actually get film. anything done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't suddenly find the the film. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it, it is a thing that people go on about. But it was it was really jarring for me. Somebody had it on DVD, and I said, oh, "Okay, well, well, we'll watch it on DVD." Um, and kind of sat down. We we're, were going through it. I got to this bit, and I was like, "Oh, just wait. I'm going to end up in floods of tears." And it cut. And honestly. At that point, got up and walked out the room. I was like, I'm not fucking watching this. No way am I watching this film if that is cut out. And that is like, I will stick with that VHS version until they put it into something else. Um, like say yeah. they're on about trying to restore it for the 30th anniversary next year on Disney Plus because I think the song's on right. Disney Plus but not as part of the film. I think it's in the extras bit. Ah, right. Okay. Yes, a whole subset yeah. of people that like I pause the film there. I go and watch the song either on YouTube or on that bit of Disney Plus. Then I go back to the film. Yeah. Well, that's that. That did happen. That did happen in subsequent DVD releases. They put it in extras. Yeah. They put it in like deleted scenes or whatever. And it's like, yeah, that's all fine and well doing that. But how many people are going to go right main menu? Back into this deleted scenes. Watch that. Right back to the film. Skip, skip, skip. <laughs> then skip, you're skip. like, oh fuck, it's gone back to the beginning. You prick. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's just it's nuts. I, I find it crazy. The the only reason it was cut as well was because an exec head said, "Oh, it slows it down too much." Yeah. Cut it. Whereas everything up to that point, uh, they had resisted against. I mean, the the execs have been telling them to cast different Muppets as different um, spirits and stuff like, "Oh, make Miss Piggy 
uh, you know, goes to Christmas past or whatever, you know, this kind of thing. And they had resisted the whole way through, and then they just t- suddenly crumble with a song. Like, oh, you just cut the song. And then what did we hear in the in the reviews from everybody? Oh, I could have done with more songs. <laughs> like, fucking hell. You know what I mean? I mean, I can kind of see from maybe the point of view of a certain age of child just being like, this is fucking boring, let's get back to the Muppets. But mm-hmm. that's the kind of shit you've got. I mean, that's what countless it... Disney films have got slow love songs in the middle of them. Yeah. How many, yeah. How many, how many people do you know watched, I don't know, Beauty and the Beast or something in school and it got to... You know, tales all the time, and they're sitting going, "Oh, come on!" You know what I mean? Boring. Yeah, it's boring. Skip, skip, skip. But they didn't cut that. <laughs> it's Andrew Lansbury singing it. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a different conversation. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Muppets. Damn it, we're staying with the Muppets. <laughs> all right. Then next question: Is this the best Muppet movie? Yes. Mm, yeah. 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 As much as I love the, like you know, Muppet movie and Great Muppet Caper, I, I think, yeah, it's this is. Great. It's just so good. Like everybody plays their part so well, so well, and there's not a hint of irony to any of it. There's no, there's no, you know, cheeky wee wink to the camera or anything. Like we said, it's it's. It's all done for serious effect. Like it has its Muppetisms to keep it within that um that universe, but it just it, it works so well and it, it plays so well as a as a movie that it then bumps it right up to the top as being one of the best Muppet ones. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, I think the closest you get to a cheeky wink to the camera is, you know, are you sure this isn't gonna be too frightening for the little kids? It's like I know this is culture or whatever it, the line is. Yeah, but then that even still plays as well because it's he's narrating the whole thing. Yeah. So it's still it still works regardless. He's talking to the audience throughout the whole film. So to have that, it it, it still works within the boundaries. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean I, even. I, sorry, Tom. Go on. No, no, no. Go for it, John. But the uh, the only thing I was gonna say in regards to that, are you sure this isn't too scary for the kids thing? I, I thought it was very very smart having Gonzo as Charles Dickens, not only because it allowed for you know stuff from the source material to come into the film but it also allowed the, you know because what what could they have done otherwise put up a thing on the screen saying scare come in yeah yeah <laughs> it was a warning you know? so rather than them having to cut it out or dampen it they could just have you know charles dickens say oh by the way scary bit coming up you know, I thought it was really smart the way they handled some yeah. some of the scenes that you know for a unit for, for a u-rated film that was aimed at young kids essentially Fam- a family film but you know suitable for all ages like there were some bits in it that do veer into the sort of like the unnerving territory not like full-on scares but you know yeah. people seeing their own graves and all you know like all this stuff like it's just I, I thought it was really smart the way they did that yeah yeah them going away at one yeah. point and saying we'll come back once this is over like yeah it really gives you it gives you the gravity of the situation and what's going on but it's mm. a is a bold move to take what has been the main characters out of the equation yeah. for a good solid what five ten minutes yeah about ten minutes it's unbelievable like oh these guys have been with you the entire way and now they're going to go away and it's like oh we're not safe anymore oh yeah God. you know what I mean it's unbelievable what's well, it because the original idea wasn't for Gonzo they weren't going to have a narrator at all were they Gonzo was going to be the ghost of Christmas to come. Yeah, so I think the idea was going to be that you just saw his nose poking out of the hood. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, but, they had, a, and I like that they didn't have Kermit as the lead Muppet. 
I can imagine that there was probably the temptation to do that or at least pressure from the studio to do that. Well, you've got the added thing as well that, you know, Jim's not voicing him. Yeah. Um, so I think they they could have got away with it from that factor. Um, you know, he's there, but th- th- they want to introduce this other guy, you know, doing doing it. And, and you've also got to remember as well that Brian, it was Brian Henson's directorial debut. Yeah, it's, I, it's I, I had to look that yeah, I had to look that up, but I was sure that that was the case. Um, but yeah, it was his directorial debut, so you know he's, he's I don't know, he, he had to take a certain amount of risks, but he had to also play it safe. And I think yeah. he he would have known, you know, that, that people would have had an adverse reaction if if it had been all Kermit show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they would have been like, oh, this isn't this isn't my Kermit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, things. This was basically the test balloon. Like, Much like you know, can, can, <laughs> Yeah, but it was well, it was the test balloon. Can the Muppets survive without Jim Henson? Yeah. And if if this yeah. and if the answer had been no at the end of this, you probably wouldn't have seen him again. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. yeah. I mean, it was quite a bold swing from that front, wasn't it? It was a really bold swing. I mean, considering the, how much the Muppets franchise was worth, you know, yeah. in terms of name recognition and public affection, which is not that, that's probably like the biggest thing to lose for you know a franchise like the Muppets, you know. They're so based on people's memories and, you know, the sort of intergenerational thing where, like, the parents grew up with the TV show and the kids have got Sesame Street and the older films and all the rest of it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, yeah, I mean, I think it was, um, I, I think cons- considering, like, the time that it was made, I think it was a real, I think they made some very, very bold choices, especially with um, the ghosts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. like, the, the ghost of Christmas passed. That's quite a frightening looking puppet. It really is. It's a really eerie thing. Yeah. And those there's not a lot of laughs in those scenes. No. You know? Which again what? is also the function of Gonzo and, and Rizzo in those scenes. Yep. But you know, it was you know, it was it, it was it made some some quite in, what I thought were very interesting artistic choices, yeah. and uh, the Ghost of Christmas Present, you know, that that sort of like brought the mood back up a bit. You know, there's a few little few little jokes in it and all the rest of it, and then it just comes crashing down. Everything comes crashing down around you, you know, uh, for it to lift up again at the end. You know, it was, you know, uh, yeah, I thought it was very very smartly done. Yeah, yep, and it was some towering. Um, Muppets that they've got for them as well mm. like that that ghost uh, of Christmas yet to come oh my god he's huge yeah. you know Michael Caine's not exactly a small man no. and he's bloody massive and it's the huge elongated hands and everything as well like it just the budget must have been through the roof um, well they, they, say, they saved a bit of money because um, you know at the end where it pans up mm. you can see in the background that the They've they've sort of it's hard to describe the way they did it, but they 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 sort of like layered the buildings to make it look like they were going back for miles. But yeah, it was sort of that um what do they call it uh tilt shift thing okay. that perspective trick. And then when the camera lifts, it blows the illusion. Yeah, you know you look you're looking at a staggered set, and um but like Henson knew this, and he said, well, I don't think many people are going to notice that. You know, but it's just yeah. that, that just that last crane shot at the end, where the where the camera goes up and you see that, you know, because it was all I think it was all filmed in England, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It was all filmed in England, and I yeah, I think this the set they they have to be quite careful with the set designs because they have to make because you know a lot of it was like proportional shifts, like 
you know, um, the Ghost of Christmas Present had to look massive and then small and then, yeah. you know, it had to shrink and, you know, all these other things. So I think they had to be quite careful with, like, the set design and that. Yeah. But, I mean, that was another another master another master stroke, you know, because he said like, there were there were scenes in it where Michael Caine was having to walk along a plank above a pit because that's where the puppeteers were. Yeah. So, like, you know, you're seeing him walk around the room, like, like he's walking on normal floorboards, but he's actually walking along a very narrow path. Yeah, you know, I thought it was really, really well executed. Yeah, there was a load of. I noticed that um, watching it back the other day, there's there's actually a load of like Dutch tilts and stuff in it as well. Yeah. There's a, there's a load of angles like that. I was sitting going, fucking hell! Like, I don't know, I I do not know of a lot of things except from like I don't know the original Batman series that do Dutch tilts really. Yeah, um, like old sixties stuff. Um, and then all of a sudden, here comes this thing in the nineties, and it's doing it obviously to, like you say, for the sets, for the for the actual puppets, like everything. It was all that kind of stuff. But it's just such a bo- it was another set of bold choices to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and and for it not to come across as really jarring as well, you weren't looking at it going, "Fuck, that's weird." I mean, like, why is why why are we looking up Michael Caine's <laughs> nose or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> but I think I think it did have a, it did have a, like a consistent voice do you know what I mean like artist you know sort of a consistent visual language mm-hmm. you know because you know, it is a re- it's the way they shoot the film you're right Tom is it's really it's really odd the way it's shot you know some yeah. of the some of the framings and that and you know like you said with the with the shift in effects and all the rest of it it is a really it's a really strange film to look at at times and you're not entirely sure it sort of feels like you're on sort of uneven ground a lot of the time when you're watching it you know what I mean yeah but, it's, it's, it's almost Burton-esque at times, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, there is a Burton mm-hmm. element to it. Um, <laughs> I mean, I love the set and production design on this. I think it's spot on. It's sort of a bit like what you said with other versions of Scrooge, but in the best way, it sort of falls somewhere nicely between a film set and a admittedly high-end stage production Yeah, kind of look. Yeah, um, Like I say, in the best, but not in the way some others do it, where it does feel very, you know, cardboard cut-out outside of buildings kind of thing yeah, yeah. and yes. i think because the buildings have got a slight lean to them as well mm-hmm. the streets are quite squiffy yeah, yeah. you know technical yeah, they, terms. They, yeah they all have a yeah, technical <laughs> squiffy <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah they do they all kind of lean forward and and overhang and stuff like that as well uh you see a lot of the roofs go a lot further than the actual buildings and stuff as well yeah. um, again i think it's something you get away with because it's muppets rather than I don't know if you get away with it in the Patrick Stewart version or the Alistair Sim version, but yeah, it, it sort of adds an extra character to it. But pa- that, that that forward tilt to the buildings, I don't, th- I, I don't think that's entirely inaccurate though. That no, it probably of, isn't. That lean no. forward, because I remember, I, I can't remember where I heard this, but they said like in a lot of older houses, like especially in like big cities, if there was like a lean forward on them, a lot of the times, if I, I remember where I was, I was in Amsterdam, right. If if they got like a lean forward on them, a lot of them will have a hook at the top of the house, and they said the reason for that is if you got if you're living on the top floor flat and there's dead narrow stairs, you hoist your furniture into the building using yeah. the hook at the top, and that's why they were leaning forward a lot of the houses ever so slightly. I mean yeah. a lot of it's just because they were shitty houses and they just tilted over time before they <laughs> sunk into the bubble. But you know, I remember that from Amsterdam as well, mate. Yeah, oh, did you go on that boat tour as well? Did you? No, I heard the boat free, tour as I was standing on the river. <laughs> <laughs> no, I heard the boat boat tour as I was standing on the bridge, going, oh, "That's really interesting, that, isn't it?" 
Cheapo going like, just, just listen. <laughs> oh, making it from bridge to bridge to listen. Yeah. <laughs> you get just the end of everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Interviewing people as they get off to fill in the blanks. <laughs> My own tenor red stripe. Hey, I'm part, part of the gang. <laughs> um but that that that, um just thinking of how things are shot and everything on the on the on the film though that whole uh kermit and he's uh, kermit and his son walking back and tim walking back and that like rolling street as they're walking walking along the legs going up and down and just this rolling it look you can actually see it it just looks like a rolling bit of I don't know, paper or card or something that somebody's just like feeding through. Yeah. As they're coming back from the uh, from the church to come home. It's just utterly incredible. Tis the season to be jolly and joyous. Fa-la-la, with the burst of pleasure we feel arrived. Fa-la-la, it's a season when the saints can employ us. Fa-la-la, to spread the news about peace and to keep love alive. <laughs> <laughs> Come along, son. Let's go see if Christmas dinner is ready yet. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh. Oh. Merry Christmas, everyone. Daddy! Woo! Merry Christmas, girls. Merry Christmas, Peter. Merry Christmas. Just some of the stuff. Like, uh, there was just some of them you look and go, God, what they must have done to get that is unbelievable. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. unbelievable. But when I mean, because it, it, it must, it must have, it, but it's one of those things like, it must have just been the simplest solution, you know. And you look at it and you think, God, oh, that's so clever. Like that's, of course, that's how you do it with puppets that can't <laughs> support their own weight. Yeah. Of course, that's how you do it. But when you think about like, you know, I, I, I would have loved to have been in like, the, not on the set, but like in in like in the room when they're discussing like, how are we going to achieve this effect? Bearing in mind, Kermit can't stand up on his own. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I wish I could have been there when they were, and, and when somebody says, "Oh, we'll we'll just do like a, you know, like a like a musical role in a piano, we'll just turn it." Yeah, you know, like it's just brilliant. I, I love stuff like that. I love like pra- practical effects like yep. that. You know what I mean? I love this yeah. for many of the same reasons that I love the thing. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Very yeah, different totally. films, but <laughs> <laughs> but this one falls snow in them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah that's, that's true. Both Christmas films, technically. That's true. <laughs> But this one falls like just on the cusp, just before they would start doing more like computer interaction within film and stuff. There would have been very, very minimal sort of computer compositing to get things out and stuff, like certain hands or whatever. They would have just had to cover things up with cloth and hope for the best that the camera didn't catch it. Yeah, and I think I think using it sparingly like that, which is uh, you know because um, like the Ghost of Christmas Past was obviously superimposed after the fact. Yeah. It made it look so much more vivid when it's used dead sparingly. Because if, you, if you're seeing all practical effects and you can see, like, you know, not you, not just, like, implicitly, but you can see with your eyes how they're doing certain bits, you yeah. know? Like, you can see, oh, that guy's hand must be behind that desk. This block of wood must be there to hide someone. All this stuff. You can see you can see the strings, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And then there's this just ethereal, this, like, 
child just floating. You know what I mean? It's like like um um uh, the same way they did the uh, Slimer in the Ghostbusters. You know what yeah. I mean? Just yeah, this yeah. sort of like see through, which is obviously a practical effect. It's obviously a real puppet. Mm-hmm. But it's just been superimposed, and because it's 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 encased in all these other practical effects, yeah, it it doesn't feel like uh, like a like a trick. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It feels like it's part of the fabric of it. At the yeah, same, yeah, at the same level as everything else is. Yeah, no, I, I thought, yeah, I, I see. Yeah, you could see like the beginnings of like and like you know um, when the Marley Brothers popped up and things like that. There was obviously like a bit of you know a bit of um, you know. Uh, movie magic happening there in terms of like the the layering of it but you know i just thought like using it sparingly like that because you know now all films now uh, are brown completely brown and they all look like shit and all the cgi <laughs> looks completely fake yeah but with this it looked really really good yeah yep. way better than stuff you get now yep and they pop stuff they pop stuff in before they like they'll they'll do like a lighting effect or something before they then do that mm. so that it, it then becomes part of the scene so you're saying like with the with the Marley brothers coming up yeah. they they do that pan around um around Michael Caine um and just in the in the back they're just basically shining lights up that staircase so yeah. then by the time they come up yeah. It seems like it's still part of it. You know what I mean? It's still, that's that's all been there the whole time kind yeah. of thing. It's it was all tied like, together yeah. really nicely, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that ghost it's, of Christmas past thing, isn't it? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I was going to say that ghost of Christmas past thing. Is that, am, am I right in saying that was like shot underwater or something? Yeah, so they get the yeah. Did yeah. the puppet underwater and then superimposed <sighs> it on afterwards. I I got to say on, on the, I haven't I haven't seen a Christmas Carol for a very very long time. I realized when I was watching it I thought I probably haven't seen this in about 15 years. Yeah. And I'd forgotten about that completely because I because I remembered the Ghost of Christmas Present because my my all boys school right secondary school I went to we were very limited in terms of what we could do for Christmas plays you know <laughs> because we couldn't have any women in them but, um, we we did a Christmas Carol one year and I was the Ghost of Christmas Present because I was six foot two right yeah, at, yeah. at the time right and. Um, you know, so and it was very, it was kind of modelled after the Muppet. So I had this big suit on, and you know all the, all the big stuff. So I remembered that one. I remembered the Ghost of Christmas yet to come, but I couldn't remember the Ghost of Christmas Past. I just got my mind had just completely jettisoned it, and I saw it, and I thought, bloody hell! I thought, yeah, I remember now. But yeah. and I remember, I remember hearing it was it was done underwater, but it was just I. That was the thing that really that really stuck with me. That did on this watch, I thought, Jesus Christ! Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I couldn't get over how good it looked. Voice so but- so good voiced by a little girl at the time as well who ended up going to be she ended up playing nancy in hollyoaks <laughs> really yeah yeah uh, what's her name jessica fox yeah yeah oh, she was only wee, she was only only a wee girl at the time she must Hang only on, which was nancy in Holly? oh she's still in there isn't she i've watched hey. hollyoaks for years since i stopped drinking pretty much is when i stopped watching the <laughs> because <laughs> it used to be sunday morning hangover telly yeah i i could i couldn't tell you if she's still in it but um i don't know was she was she not when i was watching it was she not the sister of like a teacher that got off with a pupil or some shit like that i can't remember Probably. the name she was Nancy like, rings a bell i'll google it later and... she was like a gothy feminist yes. character that yeah that's the one with like red hair I remember. Yeah, that's her i didn't realize that that's... Yeah. yeah 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 that's cool i learned was something it... It was a lot of years later. I think I'd been IMDb in her for Hollyoaks uh, for something. <laughs> and it came up saying, like, you know, best known for. And I'm like, Muppet Christmas Carol? What are you talking about? 
but yeah, it was fun. Yeah. There's a couple of like a couple of the young Scrooges look familiar, but I can, when I went on IMDb, nothing particularly rang out to me as uh, to what I'd yeah. seen them in. I, I caught one of them. One of them was in an episode of Extras. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. Oh, um. The the what, what's her name? Um. Ashley Jensen was in like a period drama, and she sort of like fancied this bloke who That's was right. in a period costume. And they end up getting off at the end of it. And he was one of the Scrooges, I think. Um, right. I, the, the other ones, I, I couldn't tell you. But, um, yeah, he was in an episode of Extras. Um, yeah, no, I couldn't, couldn't tell you any of the other ones. Um, his, so, um, obviously, Stephen McIntosh's. Yeah, mm-hmm. his nephew. nephew. Yeah. Best known for shooting Luther's wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. Uh, spoiler for anybody who hasn't watched Luther. For, for Luther, the ten-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> and there was um, his his to be his uh, his fiance is uh, Simon's mum in the Inbetweeners. Yes, of course is. she is. Yes, yeah. bloody. Hell. Again, I couldn't put my finger on it. And when I IMDb, I obviously didn't scroll down far enough because it's one of those ones that they got so many credits. I can't be asked to keep scrolling now. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I was very, I was very glad I've ne- I'd never had to do IMDb for that one because as soon as I saw her in the in between us, I was like, she's in my favourite movie of all time. Because <laughs> um, she just looks the same, really. Like, yeah. she, she looks totally the same. Um, and it, t- I think it annoys my other half every time because every time we watch the in between us, I go, did you know? <laughs> so she, yeah. <laughs> I've got a VHS upstairs which is very young. I hope it's not porn. No, 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 no. <laughs> so every year she has that VHS crack open. She's like, oh fuck, he's gonna do the Simon's mum thing and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. She just hears from downstairs. It's the bit with Simon's mum. <laughs> <laughs> come on, come on, look. That was the one. Yeah, <laughs> that's the big ones. That's it, and and obviously Michael Caine. So last, is this the best question? Then is this the best Michael Caine movie? It's certainly one of his favorite performances, if not his favorite. Oh really? From what he said, yeah. And I mean, obviously it's Michael Caine says things and then denies them soon after, like when he told Simon Mayo that he was retiring and then it got out and after the interview he was like, I'm not retiring. Yeah, I don't know where it came from. It's like you literally said it on the radio. <laughs> He's got he's got a great quote about um is it, is it Jaws Jaws yeah yeah I haven't seen it but I've seen the house it paid for and it's like... yeah <laughs> his other thing with that is that he opened the script it said fade in the Bahamas he's like I'll do it yeah <laughs> I love that I love that I'll do it um because he wasn't a massive star at the time was I mean obviously he was Michael Caine but he not it's not like he was coming off a string of successes. He was very much in that fallow Jaws the Revenge kind of period, wasn't he? Yeah, he wasn't massive in the in the states at least either, really. No, um, oh, I can't think much because I mean the Italian jobs were incredible. Um, yeah, but it, it, yeah, you're right though. It hadn't it hadn't had the play in America. He wasn't. Uh, I don't want to say he wasn't a household name, but he wasn't. He he might have been somebody Americans would point to and go, oh yeah, that's the uh, blow the bloody doors off. Guy, yeah, you know I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he wasn't the Michael Caine as he's known now. Yeah, yeah. Every, say his, his biggest stuff had happened a couple of decades ago. The American was very much like the guy from that film with the in, flying insects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. <laughs> yeah, the, Amer- the Americans definitely know him in his his later years. One hundred percent. Fucking out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, oh, I don't know, man. Uh, 
I mean, it's high up there. It's probably what I will, what I would personally remember him for. Like whenever you know, when when the horrible when the horrible day comes, t- touching every bit of wood possible. Um, when the horrible day comes, when he shakes this mortal coil, I'll instantly think of Ebenezer Scrooge. Um, but I mean, come on, he did like get Carter and everything. Yeah, <sighs> they are great films. I mean, he was the original. The original sort of mobster film guy that everybody knows from yeah. sort of the London gangster films. Yeah, he was the thinking man's Jude Law. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's be fair, he did both versions of Get Carter. <laughs> yeah. He did he did both versions of Alfie as well, in a way. Yeah. 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 Um Ah I think you know for for in terms of like my personal enjoyment for a film that was carried by him, which this was. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Because like you know, I I I probably I don't know. I think like as an adult, like I probably I don't know. It might, yeah, right. it, might, it might be his best film. I mean, like yeah, I really liked him. But then again, the other things I've liked him in, it hasn't. He hasn't been carrying the weight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, like yeah. I really really liked Interstellar. But if you ask me, what's your favorite thing about Interstellar? I would I probably my first thought wouldn't be Michael Caine. No. It would be um, that planet that makes you old. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that makes your friends old. That keeps you young, makes your friends old. Is Topher Grace. Yeah. Oh, um, or that stick robot. Yeah. Yeah. Stick robot. It was, just, it was so obvious. Like that that robot. That was so for the tangent, but it was so obvious that that thing wasn't meant to move much. Yeah. When it's so obvious that like it was meant to basically be the monolith at first, right? From 2001, and someone said it's too, Chris is too close, mate. Yeah. All right. Well, what if I put arms and legs on it? Oh, yeah. All right. I'll probably do it. Not even legs, just arms. Yeah. Yeah. Just sort of spins around, doesn't it? And then they turn. Then they turn to him. Went. You seen this Channel Four thing that they put on with that guy, the big thing running, <laughs> just kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> he's went, all oh, right, yeah, yeah. 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 Always, do, always watch that when I'm watching Hollyoaks, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, did you know that Nancy and Hollyoaks? Yeah. <laughs> Simon's mum. Um, it's like in between his omelette where i got a dazzling pack for you. <laughs> oh, amazing. Um, right then, is, is Michael Caine the best Scrooge? Let's, let's limit it down a bit because I think that was quite a big question. So. Yes, I think he's the I think he's the best the best one we've had so far. Mm-hmm. He's he's on film. He has done the best. For George C. Scott was really good for his version of A Christmas Carol, but in terms of overall quality, like we're talking about, you know, production value, um, you know. Um, you know, just the the tone and the sort of the temper of the film. I think, yeah, I think Mike, Michael Caine's probably the best screws we've had so far. Yeah. I, I wouldn't rule out on George C. One, Scott because nobody does curmudgeonly like George C. Scott. Well, yeah. Maybe because I think yeah. he was quite curmudgeonly anyway. But, for, but, like, but then again, having said that, like, like, as you said, like, for him, that's like, that's easy mode shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm hmm. Like Michael, Michael Caine was. That's the thing. Like you know, because Michael Caine was coming out of his flop era at this time, as 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 you said, Michael Caine was trying his hardest. Yeah, clearly. he was. 
yeah. clearly putting the effort in, which he hasn't always done, right? And, you know, we could, could say he hasn't been doing in some of the much bigger films he's done. Yeah. Since, you yeah, know? He just, well, he's I think the it's short, got to the point now, it? isn't it, where you, you bring in Michael Caine because you want Michael Caine. You don't want Michael Caine to do a performance. You just want Michael Caine to be Michael Caine. Yeah. yeah. You just he's, want he's a picture which of Michael, version of Michael Caine, Caine film. Yeah. yeah. He's in the uh, what people are more commonly knowing as the De Niro years. Show up, <laughs> show up, be you, leave. Yeah, it's that whole thing. He, he really did. He really did give it his all. I mean, he's got. He's got. God, he really pulls you in with like every emotion as well. Yeah, yeah. And the, the the one thing I another thing I would say about this is like a lot of the other Scrooges that there have been. Because you know, like that that sort of sequence from the time the Marleys show up to the Christmas morning, to or no, not the Christmas morning, sorry, to the bit where he's looking at his own grave. Spoilers, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, I think we're good with that. So, so from the from the Mar- from um, from Jacob Marley or Jacob and Robert Marley um, to the the gravestone, um, that is a journey of deep and harrowing despair. It is basically mm-hmm. you have wasted your life. Yeah. And you've been cruel, and you you know you and you haven't only been cruel, you've been wantonly cruel and deliberately cruel, right? So there's a lot of moments in that, like when he sees his missus leave him, and you know all these things, and sees like his family taking the mick out of him, and his legacy just being dispersed at the end of his life, and no one cares about him anymore. There's a lot of moments in that which are like high emotional, like bang hits. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And I've seen other versions of Scrooge where Scrooge is basically um, just crying the whole way through. Yeah. Just full weeping. Like, oh, oh my God, oh, my missus left me. Oh, I wasn't popular. It's good. Oh, bloody hell. Oh, Al- God, Alistair Sim. Yeah, Alistair Sim, right? Yeah. Michael Caine saves that for when it matters the fucking most. Oh, he really does. That last bit where he's begging and pleading, like, you know, you wouldn't show me this. You wouldn't show me this if I couldn't change it. And he's getting nothing back. And there's no Charles Dickens. There's no Rizzo. Like the the fun's over, right? <laughs> Playtime's fucking over. He's got to go and have a look at that grace. And there's nothing else he can do, right? Um, like he saves all that sort of like that sort of release. He saves it for the moment it matters the most, which a, which a lot of people, like you said, as Sim didn't do. No. You know what I mean? The only other person who, who I would say, um saved that moment for when it counted um was beavis when beavis and butthead did it (laughs) 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 he was beavis he never scored um, yeah yeah no i I think yeah yeah i I think it it was it was a he was clearly trying his fucking hardest here yeah really going for it that that break, sort of sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say that that breakdown he has when he sings that song to to Belle, when he when he appears behind her and sings the rest of what she's singing, he actually breaks during a line. You know what I mean? Like it breaks up, it disappears. He stops singing. You can see his face like turning, but it's not as dramatic as that end bit. Yeah, it's it's very sad. It's that is sheer heartbreak on his face. Um, I fuck, I, every year I get earlier and earlier when I cry in this film. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but that bit, like you can see the emotion breaking down. But you are right. When he gets to that end bit, it's like, 
I'm gone. Like this is this is this is it. Like he, he this is this is all led to this point. I'm dead. I'm in the ground. What the hell am I going to do? And it's like everything goes out the window. That he's just, like you say, he's just begging. He's pleading. It, yeah. Tears are coming. You can hear his voice disappearing. Like oh, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. I <laughs> to think to put me, this in, there's a nice sadness that Michael Caine plays throughout the character. That's subtle. Mm-hmm. Even you know when he's curmudgeonly, there's also a weird. War- I don't know if it's just because it's Michael Caine, but there's a certain warmth to the character that he brings as well. Um, but yeah, there's a subtle sadness throughout the whole thing. Even when he's being mean, the whole exchange with his nephew, where he's like, you know, why do you want to do a foolish thing like get married, that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it's subtly done. It's not like like you say other Scrooges where the you know drop of a hat and they break down kind of thing so it, it's certainly there building up you get the sadness of the loneliness of the character yeah you know when he sits down by himself to eat his cheese and well not before the ghost of christmas past comes or the marley's yeah. come whichever one it is um yeah and i think that's really nicely played i think i think because people like no disrespect to patrick stewart and others but i think they see it and particularly kelsey Kramer, if you've ever seen any of the version <laughs> that he's in um very much play it like a almost like they're going to get an award for it well that's not that's how it, you should yeah. play scrooge but, well you know <laughs> i don't think that works for the character of scrooge it shouldn't be a big performance not <laughs> until you reach that point where he is begging and bleeding yeah i mean but i, th- I think you're right because um you know like what you said about like even when like even before the spirit <laughs> appearing you, you can you can it's not just it's not just wanton cruelty you know, it's not, um, you know, he's not, he's not like inherently evil in perhaps the way the Marleys were implied to be. Yeah. It's that he has been sculpted by his life, which he then has to go back and stare directly in the face. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can see that in the way he is before that. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, like I didn't expect to be analysing the map of Christmas Carol in quite these two. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, um, I thought you'd bring a thesis. So. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, uh, no, I'm not. I'm not going to be discussing the geopolitical. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I will. But I will say this, and this this is going to tie into something I'm going to say a little bit later. I don't. I don't know if. Um, I don't know if you could do a film like this today. I don't know if you could do a Muppet Christmas Carol in that way. Now I don't know if it would do as well, or if they if they would make it that way again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, they're they're all about reality TV these days, so probably not. <laughs> but they're not. But they're not really about the slow burn anymore, are they? No, they're not. No, not in the slightest. Everything, everything has to pay off within the next half hour. Yeah, yeah, it does. And it wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been a tight ninety either. No, no, you're no, right. It, two hours fifteen. Yeah, there's done been a couple of cinematic versions of the film since, haven't there? Of the story since, rather, because this was that one with Nick Cage in early 2000s, was it? Oh, there right. was an animated one that had that Kate Winslet song oh, yeah. to dig out every Christmas. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there was the Jim Carrey one, mm. which I don't know. I'm sure it's fine, but I've only ever managed to sit through bits of it on telly before I start channel hopping again. Yeah, when um, was that again? Was that like 2010 or something like that? Yeah, it was yeah, around it was, that. Uh, yeah, early 2010s, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. It, it was when that was the next big 
sort of animation style, wasn't it? Because you that, had Polar Express and Beowulf, but certainly in Robert Zemeckis' eyes, because he directed that as well. Yeah, yeah. but that was, that was played with loads of big, massive slapstick gags and stuff with, like, Ebenezer sliding down banisters and cracking his nuts and all this kind of jazz in it as well, because it was meant to be played like, oh, we've got Jim Carrey, so try and get him to do this over-the-top shit. Yeah, I, Again, I, I think that's, that's the thing at the time, isn't it, that you go for that broad humour rather you wouldn't, like John says, you wouldn't have the subtlety of the Muppets version anymore. Yeah, you would have maybe not, but... Bulb. But, but Tom, Tom's right though, because I, I, I think I've, I think I've, I, don't, I don't know if I've seen that thing all the way through. I think like like you said, Stuart, and again you want to talk about Damon with faint praise. I'm sure it's fine, but I can only sit through bits of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, like that Jim Carrey bit, you know, with all the slapstick in it. Like if you wanted to do, if you wanted to to, to make a Muppet Christmas Carol killer, like a new canonical family version of the of the of the Christmas Carol story. Mm. Jim Jim Carrey would be one of the people I would go to, and but not because of Ace Ventura and The Mask, because of The Truman Show and Eternal yep. Sunshine and yeah, all yeah. the amazing dramatic work he's done yep. since. Yep. Like it's it's almost as if they just they like he just completely fallen off their radar after 1997. Do you know what I mean? Like yep. it was just like yep. get that guy from Dumb and Dumber in you, and we'll just do a bit of ball play with him. <laughs> <laughs> they do they do that with him all the time though it's ridiculous like yeah. he, he always gets pulled up just to be the funny man and it's like mate he's not played the funny man for fucking years you know what i mean no have you seen man on the moon that wasn't fucking funny moments. <laughs> <laughs> what's that tv show he did recently it's something comedy Oh, I know the one you mean. I've got it all oh, on yeah. my skybox to watch, but I yeah. actually watched it. But that was played. That was played more like uh, they'd seen the Truman Show and been like, "Get that fucking guy." Yeah. And I just think there's 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 very few times where they they get Jim in to do something like that. But that's neither here nor there. But it, it's obviously like you say, it's people have really just seen Ace Ventura and been like, "Oh, he'd make a good Scrooge. Let's get him." Falling out like he's bum poking out the wee hole in his jammies <laughs> or whatever, and it's like, oh. I bet you at one point he burns his nose or something like that on the candle that he's holding as well, and then yeah. runs about holding it, going, Wah! you know, <laughs> it will be. It'll yeah. be like oh, the, the ghost of Christmas past is like trying to get his attention, and he's giving it my but my nose. You know, yeah. it's like fucking Christ. <laughs> there's your yeah. there's your there's your grave, Scrooge, and you'll notice that your coffin fits it like a glove. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Boy. <laughs> but but per, push you into that, right? I, I've I don't know if you're done with your question, Stuart, but I've I've got a question for the two of you, which I thought okay. might might be um might be worth discussing. Picture, if you will, a world where the Muppet Christmas Carol was not made in 1992, and instead that it's coming out next week. Oof. Who who would be Michael Caine today? Oof. So everything else is the same, but. Michael Caine is not Ebenezer Scrooge. Who would you cast in Muppet Christmas Carol if it was made today? Oh, there's a large part of me that jokingly wants to say The Rock, but also thinks they probably would. <laughs> it, would it probably would be The Rock. Yeah, it probably would be, but um, it would be Chris has... Pratt. Yeah, um... they just seem to be stuck in a cycle of one what of the Chris's. Voice of Garfield, Chris Pratt. Voice of Mario, Chris Pratt. <laughs> Actually, would it be Chris Pratt? I'm trying to try, try, try think. All right, so who do you think would be good, but who do you think they would actually... Yeah, it's just like a two-part question. It, it would be it, like... It would Chris be Evans a big bank or name, wouldn't it? it yeah. yeah. be Chris or, Evans. Or, or Ryan Reynolds or somebody like that. Do you know what? They just go 
younger with everything, so they'd probably end up getting fucking Tom Holland. Uh, <laughs> and be like, there I go, that's it. That'll do. You know, all the younger Scrooges will just be babies. There we go. Yeah. Um, that would be. It would just be one of the Chris's or something like that that they would do. But who would be good? Would, uh, I was going to say, would they look at Succession and go Brian Cox? But. Well, I, I my my first thought for this was Gary Oldman. Yeah. I could see Gary Oldman doing this properly. Mm. Yeah. Because he's because he's so or Daniel Day Lewis, but I don't think he would do it. But no. you know, like <laughs> like, but I think Gary Oldman's got that sort of like, you know, he's got the acting credentials, but, you know. I could see him going for a Daniel Craig, maybe. Chieto Legio for? Who? Chieto Legio for? That'd be good. Yeah, the guy from uh, Love Actually that's uh, Kira Knightley's actual man that she marries. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. that that amazing thing of kicking off a whole subset of Twitter. It would be, yeah, Andrew, it, it, you know, you know what? It would be Andrew Lincoln, wouldn't it? That they pick. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Special for Walking Dead. That's exactly who they pick. They would. Yeah, they would. You're right. Has Andrew uh, Lincoln done much fresh off the Walking Dead though? <laughs> if I was him, you wouldn't catch me doing anything ever again. I'd be chilling at home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's what he's doing. I genuinely yeah. think. Yeah, I genuinely think he said in an interview, I'm I'm planning on spending some time with my wife and kids. <laughs> Good that, for him. Yeah, that was the reason he left it, wasn't it? Because it was too yeah. much time away. Yep. I think he's doing that and sitting at home waiting for that Rick Grimes solo movie script. To get. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, let's, let's be honest, it's never going to happen, is it? What a man. What yeah. a man. Oh, you know who else would be good, I think? Hugh Laurie. Yeah. Oh, you know who they'd go for, though? Hugh Jackman. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the, the, the all singing, all dancing, Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Um, It'd be like a greater showman kind of. I'm trying to think of I'm trying to think of other Brits because I cannot think of an American. That no, would I, 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 I think it would, I think it would struggle with a, with a, an American in the yeah. role. I think I think there'd be Americans who would desperately desperately want it. I think mm. if you're going for that all musical thing, Jackman could do it. He's done English accents before. Plus, he's Australian, so they wouldn't know the difference. No, that's true. Um, I'm trying to think of sort of big English actors. Nicholas Cage. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Keanu <Yeah>. Reeves. <laughs> Nailed the English accent in Dracula. Yeah, he did. Bloody wolves! I know uh, where the bastard sleeps. <laughs> no. Uh, no, I can't. Th- I honestly can't think of another Brit. Um uh, Jason Statham. <laughs> oh, fucking hell, a Christmas crank. <laughs> Do you know how else would work if you went American? J.K. Simmons. Oh, that's interesting. Mm, that'd be interesting, yeah. You know you know who else I think has got the sort of the, the temperament for it? As a, as a possible wild card, but also technically a Brit, Cillian Murphy. Yeah. Oh, that's cracking. I could see him as Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh. He's getting to that sort of age now. Because how old was Kane when he did with, with 50? Yeah, he must have been around. Yeah, that. I think so. Murphy yeah. can't be far off that. I think he's Christian there. Bale, the onset meltdown would be amazing with the Muppets. Oh, God. Can you imagine? <laughs> I know. Uh, well, la dee da, you're a fuck. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I'm really trying to think of other people. Fuck Christian Bale. He fucking renounced his Welsh heritage, prick. Really? Yeah, he was born here, and he said, "No, I'm not. I'm not fucking Welsh. I'm English." So, well, fuck you then. 
Yeah, Back like Simon Pegg when he likes to tell people he's from Cheltenham instead of Gloucester. Fucking tosser. <laughs> um, man, I really can't think of anybody else. I'm, I'm banking Murphy. That's my that's my pick. Final answer. So, that's, uh, that's an interesting shout. I like so, I like that idea. Liam Neeson. Uh, I'd say Liam Neeson <laughs> in like 2004, perhaps. Liam Neeson today, where it's you know. You'd have to go that full-on mental... I've been in 15 takers. I used to be racist, but I'm not anymore. (laughs) You may want to send me three ghosts. Uh, But I tell you now, I have a particular set of skills. Hugh Grant? Uh, Oh, Oh, that could work. Yeah. I mean, he's or done he's some available. Pre- Colin Firth. Okay. Oh yeah. He's oh, the, I can't see for. I couldn't. I can't take Firth seriously. Brid- Bridget Jones has fucking ruined him for me. I can't take him serious <laughs> in anything else. Watch I him can't. in the Mamma Mia films and see how you get on after that. <laughs> oh, Christ, yeah. Oh, and all singing Piers Brosnan. If we're, yeah, see, I would have said Piers Brosnan, if, but if we're going straight to Amazon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, tell, speaking of Hugh Grant, I'll tell you someone else who another wild card who hasn't. To the best of my knowledge, hasn't been particularly not as active as he was around the time he worked with Hugh Grant. Um, Risa Fans. Yeah. Oh yeah, because he's he's really settled into his face now. I think it's about time that we had a Welsh Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> the, the time has <laughs> come for a Swansea for a Townhill Ebenezer Scrooge to rise up. <laughs> <laughs> Playing, playing devil's advocate, Jeez. and they're possibly too old, but like a Helen Mirren could work quite well. It's, it's a bit it's, on the nose. Well, the, but... the studio would love it. He's gone for the flip. <laughs> I just thought somebody <laughs> should go for the flip because I'm conscious that we're three white guys sitting around. That's true. No, that's true. Well, I said cheer to I too far. You did. I know. I know. But yeah. we, we, there's still a lot of dicks in the <laughs> list. And... <laughs> to be to be fair as well, I, I did think of somebody else, but I just I, for the life of me can't remember his name, and I'm really really. Uh, struggling to remember what other films he's in. Uh, the, I think he was in that film that was called The Gringo or something like that. <sighs> Man, I can't remember. Oh, um, David he... Ayo. Who was that? David Ayoelio, something like that. Is that? Yes, yeah, that's it. Um, oh. I, 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 th- I thought you. I thought you meant get him to the Greek, and I thought you were going to say Russell Brand. I was like, come on now. No. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Strong. Mark Strong, I could nah, see that. Too, too, too much, I think. He comes, yeah, from, he comes from the same sort of background, really, because he started off as Mr. Hardman and a lot of gangster stuff yeah. as well. But I think he's just, I think he's a little too much. Mm. He's just yeah, a little, possibly. little too much. Strong by I nature. See, I always think of him as fever pitch. All oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> he's Mark Strong by name, strong by nature. Uh, Plus, whenever I hear his voice, I keep thinking, you know, I should cover my face and wash my hands, and because he's the voice of the adverts, isn't he? Oh, is he? Oh. Yeah. See, I just think of him in uh, <laughs> Kickass. Oh yeah, yeah. Just a fucking Kickass body. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> Awful voice. Great film. Awful voice. Mm. Um. Yeah. I think that. Yeah. 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 You're you're right though. The, the fresh off of Walking Dead, they probably would shove Andrew Lincoln on it. Yeah, it'd 100 percent be Andrew Lincoln. I think if it, if it was to get made today, I think it probably would be Andrew Lincoln. 
of the flip or the flip like you say and it would be somebody like helen Mirren or something or emma thompson or they probably go emma stone because of the whole gruella thing yeah <laughs> yeah or emily blunt because she seems to be in everything these days yeah yeah <laughs> Or, yeah. you know, fuck it, just James Corden, because they'll put him in fucking anything. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, w- <laughs> I will see James Corden holding up fucking LA traffic and thrusting like a, a Victorian crotch in people's faces. Just, <laughs> just sitting laughing at everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be the headline tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. James, James Corden casts as Ebenezer Scrooge in Muppets remake. <laughs> no. Oh... I'll delete that bit. <laughs> he, no, but the thing is, he's never the lead, though, is he? He would be like the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Do you know what I mean? He's yeah. always, yeah, he's you, the guy you who pops show up that you forget he's in it and then he suddenly appears. Yeah. It's like you Ocean's would... 8. You're like, I'm enjoying this. Oh, fucking James Gordon. Is, yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't show me this spirit, not if I could change it. Oh, wouldn't I? <laughs> That's mental. <laughs> no, go and have a look, though. Hey? Oh, what am I like? You would hear him, to be fair, that bit when it's like, ho, 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 it would just be. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, oh Christ, there he is! <laughs> I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. <laughs> um, As the Cratchit family vanished into the darkness, Scrooge kept his eyes upon Tiny Tim until the last. Come, my time grows short. Spirit, do you grow old? I do! (laughs) Ah. Ah. Our spirits lie so short. My time upon this globe is very brief. I believe it will end upon the stroke of twelve. Now, but spirit, I have learned so much from you. Nothing Scrooge could do or say could stop the relentless march of those terrible bells. Oh, spirit, do not leave me. I think I must, in fact. You have meant so much to me. You have changed me. And now I leave you with the ghost of Christmas yet to come. You mean the future? Must I? Go forth and know him better, man. What's a? I, I was going to ask you guys. What's what's your favourite song from the film? Um, favourite song. Because there is some crackers in that film. See, I'm, 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 I'm fond of us. I'm fond of Marley and Marley, but I do like the end song. Yeah. Which I, like I can't the remember the name song. of. Yeah. You know, there goes Mister. Oh I yeah. Don't know what it's called. I, I don't actually have the soundtrack for this. Yeah, I don't know the na- I don't know the names of the songs, but yeah. Um, he says playing it cool as he tucks the vinyl back <laughs> <laughs> no I wish god man I wish I had that um, no the, you notice the songs off the soundtrack are slightly different from the film I don't think I've ever actually listened to the soundtrack on no I don't think I have I think we might have played it once when I was at HMV when they were rotating through the Christmas albums but... yeah the, the soundtrack has um, it has like additional lines and stuff in some of the songs so I think that maybe <clears throat> they did recorded versions of the songs and then just they obviously cut them up for the film and put in a bit of score or, or whatever. So when he's going about giving it a thankful heart and uh, 
you know, he's, he's, he's going to get the turkey and stuff. <clears throat> the bit when it goes to the instrumental where he's actually getting the turkey mm. and handing out the presents and all that kind of stuff, uh, there's an extra, there's another line. Um, he actually sings another line of that bit. He, he basically sings the first line again, but just like he, he puts a little inflection on some of the words and, and sings it just like a wee octave higher. But uh, yeah, there's just some some of the songs have got extra wee bits in them. Uh, I think feels like Christmas has an extra line in it as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're just just slightly different. Obviously, they would have had to have done the soundtrack well in advance of actually getting the film done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so they've just you know they've banged Michael Caine in a studio and went right let's let's get these done and then it's come to cutting it and being like oh, that that doesn't actually play that well. We've already heard that or whatever. Cut that out. You know. Yeah. Um, but the score that goes along with it in general is just, oh, it's cracking. That opening, like even when the show, you know, dedicated to Jim Henson and, oh, fuck. Uh, it, yeah, it's one of the voice artists. I can't uh, remember his name shit. Now. Richard. Yeah, yeah. Richard. Oh, I looked uh, this up the other day as well. Right. It's totally, it's been right in my head. Uh, he did Scooter. Yeah. Did Scooter. Yeah, because Scooter yeah. was meant to be a bigger part in it, wasn't he? And then. Yeah. Because he um, died. Because I, I think, think he was meant to be one of the ghosts. Oh, I thought he was meant to be Tiny Tim. Oh, Richard remember. Hunt. Richard that's Hunt, it. that's it, yeah. Uh, so even when it does that and it plays that little, just that little lilt over their name, oh my God, I'm having floods of tears when it plays that. You know I mean, um, it's just so well done. It gives you the full effect and the feel of the entire film that you're away to come into. Mm. From yeah. with just With two little bits of, you know, almost... Uh, uh, Salvation Army brass band, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, did, you, did you hear that? Um, like uh, uh, Miles Goodman, the composer, mm-hmm. he'd spent the eighties basically like killing himself on booze and cocaine. Oh. Like he was like on the. I think it was Miles Goodman, but somebody who did the. Sorry to slander Miles Goodman if it's not him, but <laughs> somebody somebody who did the music, either the comp- I think it was the composer, had like completely just lost the eighties and was like on the brink of death. And he was chummy with Frank Oz, and they managed to get him clean. And that's where a lot of the songs came from about like oh. the the renewed joy of life and all that. And ah. there was a lot of people saying like that's why the score sounds so earnest is because yeah. the guy who wrote it, had, you know, had had his sort of like Ebenezer Scrooge moment, except it wasn't miserly behaviour; it was speedballs. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think that would have played as well somehow. No. You have to change your ways, Ebenezer. Put the needle down. <laughs> <laughs> the veins of your cock are looking terrible, Miles. <laughs> <laughs> on a side note with the, uh, the Scrooge getting the turkey thing, we watched this on Sunday. It was me, my youngest, and my wife. And she was like, if somebody turned up to my house on Christmas Day morning with a massive fucking turkey, I'd be livid. Uncooked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah petal, pop that in the oven. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And invited the whole town as well. Yeah. And you're with Bogey home, you'd be like, shut the door, it's freezing, mate. <laughs> I, said, I know you said you were going to pay for the, the mortgage and everything, but you never said you were paying for the lighting and gas. <laughs> on your bike. <laughs> but, oh, it's just... but no trimmings, mate, just a massive fucking turkey. <laughs> I always think of that, though, like that whole thing, like you were saying, John, like you, you wasn't. He wasn't actually like a really cruel man throughout the whole thing, and I do, I do think about that. Even when he meets um, the uh, Jacob and Robert Marley, he he says to them like, "Oh, but you weren't cruel back in the day." So he even like he even sees people as like nice, 
I mean, there's, yeah. there's, there's a whole like kind element to them. So it's not a huge, in a way, it's not really a huge revelation that he ends up at Bob Cratchit's house and he actually changes that big. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. it's a, hu- a huge change, but it's not that far cry of a, a, a thing for him to do. You're not, you're not in the realm of unbelievability at that point because you're like, he wasn't really that nasty. They just really had to bring that out of him. You know what I mean? No, I think that's sort yeah. of what comes across. Sort of what I was getting at with there's a sort of weird warmth to him. Yeah. You do get the feeling that he wants to be a better person. He just can't be fucking arsed at this point. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's it's made all that better and it made all that warmer and everything as well by the fact that the Muppets are are there. I think it, you you just put normal humans. The the whole same the same entire film, all the same beats and everything, but just put it with actors doesn't play the same. No. No, we're just done the joint out of it being people. Yeah. yeah. Yep. No, wouldn't have worked. Because like the, the whole like one of the one of the things that really works about it, like, like as you said, like you know, is the fact that um because there's so few humans in it, re- you know, relative to the number of Muppets that are in yeah. it. And because a lot of it is just Ebenezer Scrooge on his own, the only other time you really see people is when you're seeing people that have left him in his life. Yeah. So like his only fleeting contact with people in by and large. So I know like he does bump into like you know his nephew in the street and you know a couple of other, there's a couple of other moments in it as well. Most of his interactions with people are actually um, hallucinations. They're not really, he's incredibly lonely. Yeah. You know. Like even though you know, you know, relative, you know, obviously like the Muppets are around him and all the rest of it, but in terms of like visible human contact, there's not a great deal of it that actually happens mm. in the film, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah, it'd be horrible if it was people instead of Muppets. Oh, be yeah. awful. It, it yeah. would just be a, it'd be a made-for-Disney Channel kind of the job, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. You know, not there's anything wrong with that. They serve a purpose, but it just, yeah. Early like, days, say, early days, Miley Cyrus and Ashley yeah. Fisdale. <laughs> yeah. Zac Efron is Scrooge. <laughs> <laughs> gotta, gotta, gotta keep my head in the game. <laughs> Have you got High School Music on VHS as well? No, DVD, mate, DVD. <laughs> Upgraded to HD. All three, I'm a real player. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> awesome. I mean, I, I think we've kind of covered it, unless you've got anything else you want to add. I mean, usually I ask whether you'd like to see a sequel, but this is one of those films that... I suppose, is there any other Dickens you'd like to see the Muppets tackle? Oliver Twist? <sighs> Mm. I'd really like to see Great Expectations. Hmm. Do you know what? You've just said Oliver Twist and now I can't get that out of my head, so probably just that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be fair. Great, um, Great Expectations is a tricky one because it because there are so many ambiguous characters in it and it doesn't have like a, sa- a satisfactory like good guy wins ending. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, I think, yeah, cause, yeah maybe, maybe Oliver, but... I don't know. I think the, the the tricky thing with Oliver is that like there's several scenes in it where people are being cruel to children, and unless yeah. they were, you can't have the Muppets being cruel to unless it's Waldorf and Statler. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it'd be a to- it, it would be a, a complete change. They would have to change so much that it wouldn't be the same film, right? Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see how they do Bill Sykes. 
Yeah. And, <laughs> and how that whole thing goes down. Yeah. Mm. That's, be a that's one of the things that always gets me when people are like, oh, Oliver's such a wonderful musical, isn't it? It's like, no, it's dark as fuck. Yeah, it's awful. It's awful. Yeah. The Muppet version would have to be completely changed and just have loads of slide whistle. <laughs> um, this is Kermit as Bill Sykes strangles Miss Piggy to death. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then just his feet hanging <laughs> later on. <laughs> oh, fuck. Well, no, you'd have to cast Animal as Bill Sykes, wouldn't you? <laughs> what, just so that he could at one point go... <laughs> Animal always strikes me as the one character that's, like, you know, one cocaine sniff away from... No, it'd be Fozzie. And killing them all. It'd be Fozzie Bear. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> wacka wacka. That, that might have to be one of those characters where they have to like create a Muppet like they did in A Christmas Carol. Just yeah. to keep the heat off the regular Muppets. It's like a big bird that looks a bit like Chris Benoit. <laughs> they just have that one be the mental Muppet in that case. Either that or it's Dr. Bunsen and you and Beaker. Mm. That's true. <laughs> Because <laughs> Beaker's another one who looks like he's about to snap. Or the was, Swedish chef. <laughs> what was a what was their next movie after this? Was it Treasure Island? Treasure Island, I think. Treasure Island, yeah. yeah. Fucking ugh, knocking it out of the park again. I know people are a bit divisive on that. They don't really know whether it's good or not. But when you put Tim Curry in something and the boy that ended up doing that stars thing on Channel Four later on, I mean that was that was cracking. Billy Connolly as well. Yeah. Lovely. I've never seen Muppets Treasure Island all the way through. I'm sure I've seen bits of it, but I've not enough to say I've seen the actual film. It's a it's a good ad- adaptation as well, um, yeah. but a bit but a bit more Muppety. Like yeah, yeah, that was ninety four ninety five, wasn't it that one? And then yeah. there was nothing until Muppets from yeah. Space. I want to say yes, yeah, which not a good film. No, the only thing I remember about that film was when they do Brick House at the beginning. Yeah, that bit's fucking great. After that, I don't remember anything at all it took me years to watch it and then eventually watched it and went oh oh dear and then i think it was mostly straight to dvd stuff wasn't it it was yeah it was santa and wizard wiles and yep then they came back with the muppets always always turn the franchise around by getting ricky gervais on but oh it would be ricky gervais wouldn't it (laughs) (laughs) oh god yeah Yeah. see i I was gonna say that but i didn't want to put it out into the ether having put james corden oh my god it would wouldn't it (laughs) <laughs> the ghosts turn up <laughs> don't believe in any of that atheist am I <laughs> I mean it could work if it's afterlife Ricky Gervais I suppose but as in the afterlife TV series not yeah, yeah, popped yeah. up in Ghostbusters um, <laughs> I was going to say Bill Murray I haven't completely forgot he was in Scrooge <laughs> yeah. yeah see I did think that as well I was thinking like he's here and, and thinking of him in a very Murray Christmas and yeah. It's like, oh wait, no, he did Scrooge. <laughs> and I could just imagine him trying to put on a fucking English accent. Holy shit! I he, don't he think would bother. I think they bother with that, it, wouldn't they? Yeah. <laughs> There'd be a scene where Scrooge goes golfing, and he's <laughs> in his normal like fucking Philadelphia accent or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I can just imagine him walking down the street with the song going on and the whole song he's just chipping balls down the street. <laughs> Sophia Coppola's Muppets Christmas Carol. I was getting oh, to right, come on, it's Christmas now, we're not getting into all this. <laughs> I was I was so tempted at the start when you said what like the film we were gonna discuss. I was I was gonna say, What, we're not doing Sophia Coppola's a very Murray Christmas. Fuck me. <laughs> 
<laughs> no. <laughs> Love well, it. I seem to remember that was all right. Mm-hmm. I've not watched it since again. Is it still on Netflix? I might watch it again this year. It's just worth it to hear um, Miley Cyrus's version of um, Silent Night. It's, it's cracking. Absolutely cracking. Yeah, I might have to dust that one off this Christmas. Yeah. That's unironically, un- by the way, that is a really good song. <laughs> There's some alright Miley Cyrus stuff. Mm-hmm. She's got a just like peak voice at that point in that film. And she really blasts it out. I think they did live recordings on that on that film as well. So it's really good. Yeah. I mean, she's from that Disney generation where they were generally it's like regardless of your opinions of Zac Efron as an all-rounder he is good at what he does yeah they have to be I mean Christ those Disney <laughs> yeah. those Disney it was the, the Disney kids like they went through like bloody Chinese gymnastic camp to be in those yeah. films yep you know what I mean like they had to be good yeah no she's got a great voice and like yeah. when you consider like you know her father was Billy Ray Cyrus her godmother was Dolly Parton do you know what I mean she's yep. got the got the heritage behind us but no no she got a perfectly good voice she had, she had a load of really really good songs yeah she did yeah i mean to be fair i i don't dislike zach efron he's just made some absolutely shit films i think if he'd made better choices <laughs> post disney he could have quite possibly been the young Hugh Jackman, which is i think i i feel bad for zach efron because i think you got given bad advice yeah yeah i think if he'd been given if he'd been given some like tidy roles or like if he maybe if he'd gone for stuff that wasn't quite within his comfort zone i think we he did could, sort of do stuff didn't he like could have broken and away from it yeah i suppose but you know and, that, I think and it, it just sort of i think by that point it, it, was, it was too little too late you know what people I mean? were expecting yeah um because i mean obviously he did things like 17 again which i quite like but it's not yeah it wasn't exactly stretched his muscles. It's got that <laughs> wonderful bit in it where he's like goes to stop a girl and he's like, oh no, that's somebody else's toilet. That's their problem. <laughs> uh, he, he needed that like he needed that like Ryan Gosling transition. And yeah, or like the Robert Pattinson and but, Kristen but, Stewart from Twilight kind of thing. But but Gosling was a Disney kid. Yeah, yeah. You know? So yeah. like that transition that Gosling had, I'm thinking because you know like I would have, I probably would have accepted Zac Efron in Drive. You know, like yeah. he could have done that. You know, like yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I do feel bad for him because I feel like he seems like he seems like a nice enough bloke. You know, it just, it just I don't know. It just didn't seem to happen for him, did it? No. No, like I say, I think he sort of made swerved into those really broad comedies, and it wasn't necessarily where he should have been. Because mm. I mean, he's got like you know Marvel movie looks, hasn't he? It, it wouldn't at all surprise me if they were like he's the new Wolverine at they all. But, he, apparently, he apparently looks like Shrek when he goes human these days. Does he? Yeah, there was a there was like a a whole thing like he did an interview and the whole way through the interview people were going, why does he look so strange? And it was like his face was all puffed up and all like he'd had work. Oh uh, yeah, and, I can uh, see now. He's yeah. got really jacked. Oh, is he is he doing that um that uh, what's that guy's name? The guy from Eternals who was taking steroids, Camille. Oh, name? oh Camille, Nanjani. Camille Nanjani. Nanjani, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was, oh, yeah, I've just been eating clean. It's like you've been eating steroids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're taking big handfuls of steroids and putting Huge. them in your body. That's why your jaw is 12 inches wide now. Um, Efron did do, like, he did intense working out purely because he went from being addicted to drugs to being addicted to exercise. And it was just ridiculous. Like, he just ended up, like, 10 times the size 
but he went and had some sort of cosmetic surgery recently, or as he said, a bee sting. Um, yeah. and, he, and as everybody said at the time, he looks like somebody familiar, and somebody <laughs> obviously posted the picture of Shrek as a human yeah. <laughs> in the second Shrek film, and it really does look like him. <laughs> See, it's still when they put that pitch when he did that documentary series on Netflix, and there was a picture of him either just coming out of the sea or something, and he was like a little bit podgy around the middle, and people were like, oh, he's got a dad bod now. Dad I was bod, like, oh, yeah. the fucker. That's yeah. like what I was working towards. <laughs> yeah, he was always he was always a handsome lad. I'd always. consider myself buff as fuck if I look like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was always always an in shape, handsome lad. It's just yeah. it's a fucking industry for you. That's yeah. what it is. So we'll just end this on a bum note, will we? <laughs> if you're he's right. drinking water and dehydrating himself until he's got no fat on him. This is the Muppet Christmas Carol where we say goodbye to Zach Efron. <laughs> if, if you're just tuning in now, this is the, the Muppet Christmas Carol slash men's physiques episode. <laughs> the intervention for Zach episode. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, any final thoughts on Muppet's Christmas Carol just to try and swing it back round and how buff and Kermit looks? <laughs> Um, no, just that it was a really impressive feat for like 1992. Yeah. Um, and yeah. an impressive feat for the Muppets post um Jim Henson. Just yeah. In- incredible. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, considering the time it came out, not you know, not just like the, the the time on Earth that it came out, but the time that you know the time in like the Muppets timeline that it came out, I think it was a remarkable uh, technical achievement, if nothing else. Uh, it's a uh, it's a popcorn classic for Christmas. Check it out if you haven't seen it. <laughs> if you're one of the timeless looking movie her. as well. What was that? Got a t- it's a timeless looking movie as well because it's not got any dodgy CGI or anything in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah, and it's like, one of those films that could have been made yesterday, and you like, yeah. Well, they did yeah, themselves they did themselves a service by making it the authentic period piece as well. Yeah, yeah. It's never going to age. No. Um, it's just uh, it's it's utterly unbelievable. Where, where, actually, just thinking, where does it sit for you guys in like favorite films, not Christmas films, favorite films? Mm, in, uh, I, I, I sort of categorize Christmas. I, I, I measure how good a film is, like, I, I me- how good a Christmas film is. I measure that differently to how good is just a film. Okay. I think it probably is. It's probably number two or three in terms of Christmas films. Mm-hmm. It's near the top. It's no in, Jack Frost, though, is it? <laughs> in terms of overall films, uh, probably probably not in my top ten. I would say okay. it's you know it, it's it, it's a, it's a really really enjoyable film. I really do. I really really like it. But yeah, for me, I'd say it's uh, you know it's it's a very it's a very very enjoyable Christmas film. Yeah. And how do I? Uh, how I, do, I have how segregated do... that mentally from every other type of film, which I know I shouldn't do, but I kind of have, I think. How do I? Uh, how do I hang up this call again? How do I... <laughs> <laughs> no, I get no. That yeah, that makes sense, dude. Yeah, definitely. See, I think for me, because it's not one that I've watched enough for it to sort of like I say, it's one I always mean to watch every year, and just the nature of Christmas being a busy period in my particular job, and just. Every year I intend to watch things like It's a Wonderful Life and all the Christmas DVDs I've bought over the years that are still sitting there unwatched. Yeah. Um, and that's always on the list. I just, like I say, I tend to catch a bit of it on telly and watch it to the end then. Mm-hmm. But this yeah. past Sunday, watching it for this, was probably the first time in a long time I've actually sat down and watched it as a whole. 
I, I, I do like it. It's a great, great movie. And um, if I remember to, I will put it into my Christmas rotation. It's just, like I say, because of I've got the traditionals, your alts, your Batman Returns, and uh, Die Hard, and then yeah, yeah. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is my definite must mm. Christmas movie. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, if, if I was, you know, I, I think I think what it is is because, like, yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't just stick this on in July. You know? Yeah, right. Okay. okay. I, I think for me, that's that's uh, just thinking about it now. That's the difference. Like, if I was going to like rank every film I've ever seen with like the Sting at the top and License to Kill at the bottom, um, I'd say. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no seriously but i'd probably put the number of christmas I'd probably put the number of christmas carol like it would definitely be in like the upper the upper 10 percent. you know it's definitely yeah. it's up there for me mm-hmm. definitely def- definitely up there where it would sit in amongst you know the sting when we were kings the piano teacher where it would sit in amongst that lot i don't know yeah. but it'd be up there they would definitely be up there so yeah but it, i think it is just purely because like it's not it's not something I would, yeah. I, I, it's not a year-round watch for me. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's a Christmas watch. But as a as a Christmas watch, it's definitely in the top two or three, hundred yeah. percent. With yeah. um, uh, David Atten- uh no, Richard Attenborough's uh, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, oh. and um, it's a Wonderful Life. Are the other two for me. Hmm. Yeah, like I say, it's definitely one I want to work into my annual rotation of. It's like we have. We put Elf on whenever every year when the tree goes up. Yeah. Because that's sort of a nice film to have on in the background kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I should go in this fucking gentle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's... Like I say, it's a lot better than I... I always remembered it being a good film, but in that way that you kind of like, can I be asked to watch it? And then when you do watch it, you're like, no, this is fucking perfect. It's the perfect length. It's the perfect version of the story. Um, it is probably a pretty much perfect christmas movie yeah it's as close as you can get to a perfect christmas. So it is exactly the right length yeah so it aims at everyone yeah i don't think anybody would be able to come away from it being kind of like it didn't yeah. do anything for them yeah it's sweet but it's not saccharine it's yeah it's yeah. great really really good because you know I, I love it's a wonderful life but it is you know it's it's mawkish it is yeah yeah but yeah, well, I mean that's <laughs> it's a wonderful life as the disadvantage of being sort of first, doesn't it? So everything yeah, that's come yeah. after has sort of gradually made that film seem more saccharine each time. Yeah. yeah. Who's eating crisps? <laughs> that's me. <laughs> <laughs> come on. <I> dare you. <laughs> come on. <laughs> uh, it would be one of the that comic smell boys eating crisps. Yeah, of course. Right? I was gonna say. <laughs> of course. It's an official crossover episode. Now. <laughs> Tom and Chris, that's like two people from that comic smell on this. <laughs> awesome. Speaking of that comic smell, then where can people find you online? What you got going on that people should look out for? Oh, uh, yeah. Tom, Tom, you go first. Okay. Um, then you can eat Chris uh, while John's doing it. <laughs> you can find me uh, that comic smell on Instagram and Twitter. We are on SoundCloud, Spotify. Uh, Apple Podcasts, all your usual kind of places. Um, you can also get issue one of that comic smell comic from fredegcomics.bigcartel.com. Issue two is on its way very, very soon. Cracking. And um, John? 
Uh, you can find me online on Twitter. I'm at John Tucker Art, um, or you can go to my website, johntucker.co.uk. Um, the Christmas episode of my podcast, This Foul Earth, is coming out on the 19th of December. And um, the short film adaptation of my comic, Bald, is currently bouncing around the short film festival. Not short film festival. It's a short film that is. Let me start again. It is, a short, <laughs> it is a short film that is bouncing around the film festival circuit, films of all lengths. Um, so uh, it's currently doing the rounds on the film circuit. So uh, keep an eye out because it'll be popping up online every now and again before it takes permanent home on Vimeo or something when it's done on the festival circuit. Awesome. And I highly recommend checking it out. It is a awesome short movie. Although it doesn't have the little hats in it. That was disappointing. <laughs> That's my mm, one know. critique of the film. I imagine <laughs> that they would have been a fucking poor way to produce. I'll pass that on to our department. <laughs> he liked it, but he needs more little hats. <laughs> I was like, oh, they didn't do the moon hats because that would have been awesome. You could have bought, stolen one and worked at cons. And <laughs> it was it it was discussed. We did we did discuss having the sort of the ceremonial garb, but um, it was uh, we felt it would have been a bit much considering the tone of the film up to that point. Yeah. No, so, I can see it. And like I say, just and plus it was this it was, point of view. I can imagine yeah. it fucking eat into it. So. Yeah. And plus we wanted the symmetry of his mother telling him to put his hat on because somebody's staring at him at the beginning to him being encouraged to take it off because everybody's staring at him at the end. Yeah. So it had to be the same hat for continuity purposes. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> ah, nice one, boys. Thanks, Sam. Awesome. We, yeah, we, I mean, we'll retweet whenever it pops up as well. So yeah. make sure people can see it. Um, I did my best to not, you know, anybody that follows me doesn't follow you already. So. No, I don't, no, very, very grateful to you for juicing that shit. Let's get it popping this year, boys. <laughs> Ball 2021. <laughs> you got to get them flights out to the Clooney Villa. So. 100%. <laughs> awesome. Cheers for that, gents. Thank you, mate. Bob Cratchit! So here you are. Uh, Mr. Scrooge, uh... You, sir, were not at work this morning as we had discussed. Uh, But, but, Mr. Scrooge, sir, we did discuss it. It's Christmas Day. You gave me the day off. I? I, Ebenezer Scrooge? (laughs) Would I do a thing like that? No. uh, I mean, yes, but but you did. Bob Cratchit, I've had my fill of this. (laughs) my fill of you, Mr. Scrooge. And therefore, Bob Cratchit. And therefore, you can leave this house at once. And therefore, I'm about to raise your salary. Oh, and I am about to raise you right off the pavement and onto the... Daddy? Yes, Bob. Raise your salary and pay your mortgage on this house. Please, sir, come inside. Yes, yes. Bob Cratchit, would you and your family care to join us for a little turkey dinner? This fine Christmas day. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas! And Scrooge was better than his word. He did it all and infinitely more. And uh, Tiny Tim? And Tiny Tim? who did not die. Oh, isn't that swell? To Tiny Tim, Scrooge became a second father. He became as good a friend, as good a master, and as good a man as the good old city ever had. 
and it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well if any man alive possessed the knowledge. May that truly be said of us and all of us. And so, as Tiny Tim observed, God bless us. God bless us, everyone. The love we found. The love we found. And that was the Muppet Christmas Carol. I'd like to thank John and Tom for coming on the episode and talking about the film with me. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to them about it, and I hope you guys enjoyed listening. Uh, thanks for listening to this and any other episodes that have been out this year. Uh, we'll be back in the new year with some more episodes and some more guests. Um, a few films in the pipeline, a few guests in the pipeline, so stuff to look forward to. Hopefully more episodes than we had this year, but we'll see how life goes, I guess. Um, in the meantime, you can find all the links you need in the show notes for John, Tom, and the podcast. And that's pretty much it for this. Um, I hope you have a good Christmas and a good New Year, and whatever it is you choose to do with it. And yeah, we'll be back in the New Year with more and why not. Thanks for listening. Bye. Gentlemen, let's close up for Christmas. There's magic in the air this evening, magic in the air. The world is at her best, you know, when people love and care. The promise of excitement is one the night will keep. After all, there's only one more sleep till Christmas.